0: For the New York State AFL CIO, I'm Darcy Wells and this is Union Strong.
1: We are Union Strong. Union Strong. We are Union Strong. We We are are union 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 Strong. Union Strong. Union Strong. Union Strong. Union Strong.
0: Recruiting and retaining public employees has been challenging. Short staffing at state agencies, throughout our health care system, in local government, and many other areas of public service has been well documented. The pandemic has, in many cases, made it unmanageable. On this podcast, we're going to talk about one way we can help to turn this around by reforming our state's pension system. Joining me on the podcast is the Legislative Director for the New York State AFL-CIO, Mike Nidal. Mike, I know this is a busy time. Thanks for joining me today.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: So we're talking about pension reform, something that you know we've been concerned about for a long time, but really more so now. Why is that? Why is there this important push right now?
1: Well, Darcy, people get into public service to help others, whether it's health care or education or taking care of the mentally ill or just making sure the system runs correctly for everybody. Uh, People get into that type of public service knowing they're not going to become wealthy, but always we were able to lure qualified people to do this type of work with decent benefits, union representation, and of course, pensions. So these individuals know uh, that they will be able to retire after a career with dignity and security. Um, And in order to maintain all of these public services and make sure they're there and we have qualified people doing it, We need to make sure the pension plan is there to recruit the best possible people we can get recruit.
0: Mm -hmm. And then over the years too, the especially, um, well, state and local governments. And I think even with we're talking about teachers and transportation, we've been seeing short staffing, right? It's already been difficult to kind of get people to apply and get into these fields of public service. And then COVID-19 hit. And like every place else, you know, people left, people retired. So now... I mean, is it an exaggeration to say we're kind of nearing almost like a crisis here?
1: It's absolutely a crisis, whether you're talking about school districts and teachers, as well as those jobs that help run a school district and keep the school clean and safe, whether you're talking about healthcare and hospitals and nursing homes, or whether you're talking about the everyday things we take for granted, like making sure your first responders are there, at water supply, all of those things. We can't get enough people in the door now because during the crisis, uh, a spotlight was shown on how many things are lacking in public service. Contracts have been delayed. Funding has been delayed. And like everywhere else... Uh, Public employees, to a large extent, took stock and, with the deterioration of benefits over the years, decided there are other opportunities.
0: So let's talk specifically about Tier 6. So Tier 6 has been in place for 10 years now, and it takes 10 years to be vested when you're in Tier 6. And is it accurate to say most of the employees, public employees, are in that Tier 6?
1: Yeah, over 50% of the of the workforce in the public sector is now in tier six. That's uh, that's because many people retired over the last several years. Uh, they got frustrated with the mandatory overtime, um, lack of pay, and years and years and years of delayed contracts, funding problems, state and local budget ca- ca- uh, cuts. Let's not forget that. During this entire period, there was an arbitrary state cap on spending. Mm -hmm. There was a school district and local government property tax cap that um, just really decimated services and staffing. So when COVID hit, the chickens came home to roost for those years and years and years of budget cuts. And the people that were left there that couldn't retire we're stuck with mandatory overtime 40 50 60 hours a week mm-hmm. of really difficult work in very dangerous conditions.
0: So let's talk about the reforms that we'd like to see happen. What what can um the difference make? Look, what needs to be changed to make this more attractive?
1: Well, in 2012 several of the things they did um, y- you know were to roll back the retirement age so people have to wait till they're age 63 now whereas prior tiers folks could uh, consider retiring at age 55 if they had a certain number of years of service or age 62. Um, there was also a dramatic increase in the uh, the employee contribution for the fund. So employees in tier six pay four, five, or 6% of their pay, depending on how much they make. Mm-hmm. That's a lot more than uh, prior tiers mm-hmm. had to pay for their contribution. Uh, At the same time, there were significant cuts in overtime and what is pensionable. Um, Prior tiers did not have these type of caps. Uh, Tier 6 had a cap on the annual amount of overtime that could apply to your pension, as well as how much overtime could be built into the formula of how your pension is calculated at the end of your career. So there's two caps on overtime and then making matters worse, really insult to injury, uh, that overtime, if it increases your annual wages enough, can actually bump up your employee contribution mm-hmm. from the 4% to 5 or from 5 to 6 So you're paying more out of your salary, even though you can't reap the benefit in your pension at the end of your career.
0: And so we really saw that because of COVID with people working the overtime, right? So that's
1: a, a reform that's specifically related to COVID. That's exactly right. And let's not forget, it was mandatory overtime. There wasn't an option. Enough people were either sick or themselves couldn't work, or we had already, as I indicated earlier, had staffing shortages so that these uh, folks, nurses, frontline workers, agency workers, local, state, and school districts, all had this mandatory overtime.
0: Okay, so then what else needs to be done? Um, we're talking about the um, – that you, you mentioned the contribution levels that can go up with your increased pay. What do we want to do to address that?
1: Well, at least for the start, we should make sure that there's no penalty for working overtime and that because you work overtime, your employee contribution doesn't go up. So that's really the first thing. And then over the long haul, we'd like to make sure we get those employee contributions back down to 3%, which is what other tiers were at,
0: right? Because they can go as high as six. Correct. Okay, and then um, the, what are what are some of the other reforms um, you talked about, or that we're pushing right now?
1: Well, one of the things we're hoping to do is change the vesting. Uh, right now, you, you indicated earlier, you have to wait ten years before you uh, are entitled to a pension benefit in public service. Prior tiers only had to wait for five years. We think if we could go back to five years, that will entice people to say, hey, you know, I'll own my pension a little earlier and it makes sense to stay in public service rather than leave for other opportunities.
0: And so that's um, the 10 year vesting. That's tier five and six, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, What other reforms?
1: Well, we're looking at other covid related forms on the two overtime pieces up front to allow all of the overtime they work just during the covid period. Uh, to qualify for pension uh, in their pension, as well as to uh, prohibit the cap at the end of their career when their uh, when their pension is calculated, that overtime will count towards that as well. So those are two specific short-term reforms we're looking at. Uh, there's another reform that uh, prior tiers at 20 years of service would get an increase in how their pension is calculated. That rewards longevity and tells people and younger workers you're valued. And if you stay because of that experience, you'll get an increase in your pension. So, those are a couple other items we're looking at as well.
0: Okay. And then the timing of this is important to have this done in the budget, which, you know, we're coming down to the final days here.
1: Absolutely. We think it makes perfect sense to do it in the budget. That way, you're funding it and it's part of the larger staffing plan. We can assist local governments in how to pay for this school districts as well, the colleges, and uh, make sure it's part of a broader plan. We We always emphasize this is not just about making pensions better. This is much more about recruitment and retention of qualified people, and you do that in the state budget.
0: And this can all be combined with getting those staffing levels back up, which we have the funding now to do it, right? So you're, you're improving the staffing levels. People, It's not going to be all of this um, required overtime. The pension package is a little more appealing, and then that should bring people back into public service.
1: That's exactly right. This should be part of a multi-year, longer-term plan to bring us up to where we should be so that pe- the taxpayers of New York know they have the services that they pay for and they know they can rely on.
0: Okay. Well, Mike, I know it's a really busy time for you, so we thank you for taking the time to explain this. And we kind of got into a lot of details, so we'll direct people to our website so they can get more specific information. But thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. Joining me now on the podcast is our Campaigns and Communications Coordinator, Liz Sutton. Hi, Liz. Hi, Darcy. So um, you've been involved in the social media push for this reforming of Tier Six. Um, It's been out there on uh, all our social media platforms. What kind of interaction have you been seeing and what are you asking people to do? Absolutely. So we have been putting out um, calls to people to call their legislators, to send letters to their legislators, to let them know that this is a really important issue and that they need to act on this now during the uh, budget. And we've uh, we've got thousands of letters that have been written to legislators. We've got hundreds of phone calls. Um, It's been out on Twitter. It's been on on our emails. um, We've put it out on Facebook, Instagram. I've seen a lot of people resharing it. So there are a lot of people that really care about this issue. It's very important. And I know we jam packed kind of a lot of information, got into the weeds a little bit in a short amount of time with Mike. So is there a page on our website if people are trying to get more information and maybe take some of those actions that you talked about? Yeah, absolutely. If you just head to uh, the news section of our website, you can find more information there. And you can also see how you can make a call or write a letter to your legislators. All right. We'll be sure to include that in our show notes, too. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Darcy. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary-treasurer is Terry Melvin.